Hi there, my name is Angel Moody Winters, and this is episode number one of my podcast. I figured I would start my podcast with um, reading a book to you. So this book is called Watermark by Joseph Broadsky. It says, many moons ago, the dollar was 870 lire, and I was 32. The globe, too, was lighter by two million souls, and the bar at the star zone where I'd arrived on that cold December night was empty. I was standing there wanting for the only person I knew in that city to meet me. She was quite late. Every traveler knows this fix, this mixture of fatigue and apprehension. It's the time of staring down clock faces and timetables of scrutinizing varicose marble under your feet, or inhaling ammonia in that dull smell elicited on cold winter nights. By locomotives cast iron, I did all this. Save for the yawning bartender and immobile Buddha-like Matrona at the cash register, there was no one in sight. However, we were of no use to each other. My sole currency in the language, the term espresso, was already spent. I'd used it twice. I also bought from them my first pack ever of what in years to come was to stand for Miracle Satile, Movimento Socialite, and Montre Secura, my first pack of MS. So I lifted my bags and stepped outside. In the unlikely event that someone's eyes followed my white London fog and dark brown Borasolino, they should have cut a similar silhouette. The night itself, to be sure, would have had no difficulty absorbing it. Mimicry, I believe, is high in the list of every traveler, and the Italy I had in mind at the moment was a fusion of black and white movies of the 40s and 50s, and the equally monochrome medium of my Pietier. Winter thus was my season. <clears throat> the only thing I lacked, I thought, to look like a local rake or cabriano was a scarf. Other than that, I felt inconspicuous and fit to merge into the background or fill the frame of a low-budget whodunit or more, more likely a melodrama. It was a windy night, and before my retina registered anything, I was smitten by a feeling of utter happiness. My nostrils were hit by what to me has always been an been its synchronym, the smell of freezing seaweed. For some people, it's freshly cut grass or hay. For others, Christmas scents of conifer needles and tangerines. For me, it's freezing seaweed, partly because of the onomopoetic as aspects of the very conjunction in Russian seaweed is a wonderful vodorosili, partly due to a slight incongruity and hidden underwater drama in this notion. One recognizes itself in certain elements. By the time I was taking the smell in on the steps of the Stazion, hidden dramas and incongruencies long since had become my forte. No doubt the attraction towards that smell should have been attributed to the childhood spent by the Baltic, the home of what? The home of that meandering siren from the Motel poem, sorry. And yet I had my doubts about this attribution. For one thing, that childhood wasn't all that happy. A childhood seldom is, being rather a school of self-disgust and insecurity. As for the politic, you had indeed to be 
an eel to escape my part of it. At any rate, as a subject for nostalgia, this childhood hardly qualified. The source of that attention, attraction, I had always felt lay elsewhere, beyond the confines of biography, beyond one's genetic makeup, somewhere in one's hypothalamus, which stores our coordinate and ancestral impressions of their native realm. For, of, for example, the very inchithus that caused this civilization. Whether that inchithus was a happy one is another matter. And that is chapter one. Um, I figured I would keep these podcasts pretty short. I think I might do a chapter a day and just see who's actually interested. Again, this book is called Watermark by Joseph Brodsky, um, winner of the Nobel Prize in Literature. I am not only going to read books, I also have interest in exploring other topics, but I felt like this was a good way to begin. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you have a lovely day. Talk to you soon. Hi there, and welcome to episode number two of my podcast. Um, As I said in my trailer, my podcast is going to also be styled in the form of a vocalized diary. Um... I'm not saying my life is very interesting, but I thought, you know, there may be some people who are interested in what's going on in the life of a young 30-year-old woman. So if so, um, this podcast is for you. So I guess I would call this an entry then. In this entry, I felt I would discuss with you all what my current thoughts were as far as my life now and what the next few moves I will be making will be, my mood at the moment, um, things that I'm dealing with, people that I'm dealing with, and so on. I guess I'll start by saying, um, after being diagnosed with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, um, schizoaffective, I'm sorry, my doctors decided to put me on a specific psych med. Um, this psych med really kind of blunted my mood. Um, I received social security disability, and so I've been pretty good about taking my meds as I'm um, told to. But as of recently, I've actually stopped taking the meds. I have not told anyone in my family this because they desperately want me to stay on my medicine. They're convinced that I've never been um, better or calmer or easier to communicate with. Now, I understand that the placebo effect takes effect not only in um, people who are taking medicine, but also in the families of them. Because... uh, If they really knew how I felt, they would understand that the medicine itself actually makes me feel suicidal. (laughs) Um, It's been a long battle with my mental health. I started on lithium um, for my bipolar disorder, and it did the same thing. Um, Just really, really uh, repressed my mood and had me feeling um, a lack of interest in life. Very, very zombie-like, I would say. And um, I don't think that's any way to live. I just, I don't think it's any way to experience life. And I can understand if someone really needed this medication to the point of 
you know, psychotic breaks constantly, but I am just not one of those cases. So I've decided to recently stop taking my medicine, and I kid you not, I have had a more refreshed outlook on life. I feel my energy beginning to come back. I've started to lose the weight that this pill put on me. I don't know if it was necessarily water weight, but obviously it wasn't weight that stuck very heavily. I've always had a really fast metabolism and been relatively thin within the same um, weight since I was about 18. So it was very discouraging. Sorry about that, I had to pause the podcast for a moment and go into the store. As I said, I'm on a walk. Um, so anyways, to make a long story short, as far as the mental health in me goes, I have felt refreshed again since stopping my medicine against my doctor's orders. Um, and it's only recently that I've really kind of grasped the fact that I am on my own. So I don't actually need to report to my family and let them know that this is a decision I've made because I'm actually completely on my own. I almost held on to an illusion that they still were there for me and checking on me and so on for a while now. Um, but really, we've all been moved out of my family house and separated for a few years. It sounds very unhealthy, and it really actually is to be blinded by your own illusion of something, but my bubble really did pop when I found out a few things about my family that were rather dramatic um, that basically pointed to the fact that my family stabbed me in my back. Um, so I've now, at 30 years old, really accepted that it's me, and I am the only one who really has me. Um, even my boyfriend who I have been dating just a little under two years now, I've recently started to learn about his backstabbing ways. Um, I might as well mention too, I gained a lot of internet fame over the past three years for modeling in some of my other podcasts, sorry, not podcasts, but, uh, videos and music that I've been making. Um... And with that came a lot of fake people. Um, on top of that, I was thought of as kind of like a bad guy. The idea that I was a bad guy, I guess you could say, um, came from what I believe to be people's hatred and their desire to find a scapegoat. If you aren't familiar with the term scapegoat, it's essentially... For example, Donald Trump. Society at large needed a bad guy to hate, essentially. They needed someone to project their inner anger, generally of their parents, onto. So uh, whether Donald Trump was a bad guy or not, to a large majority of people, he certainly was. And their anger was able to be taken out on, on him. So really, he served his purpose in that aspect, as well as many other aspects. Um, but I'd say that this is kind of similar to what happened to me. And it's very strange, because prior to my internet fame, I had never had much confrontation with anyone. Um, I really hadn't had any rumors spread about me. I was always kind of thought of as a nice girl, and... Um, 
as I said, creative because I've done my modeling and my music. Uh, but yeah, things, things took a strange turn in that respect. Um, it all started with me being very interested in spirituality and shamanism, um, as well as sovereignty, masonry, and the occult. I did a lot of research in these areas, and I do kind of believe I was perhaps targeted by, I don't know if you would call it the shadow government or what, but uh, there's a conspiracy theory that says um, people who delve too deeply into this type of information would have been targeted as terrorists and then harassed to the point to, you know, to potentially even suicide. I went through months of strangers, um, people I had never met, insulting me, making up rumors about me, lies about me. Essentially, the topics I researched that were corrupted by the government were then turned around on me as if I had been the one partaking in these activities, such as big banks, big pharma, so on and so on, when um, this was anything but the truth. So I had to deal with that for a while. Um, a lot of people probably don't even take that seriously and most likely don't think that it's an actual thing, but there is plenty of information on the in internet about targeted individuals and you could look that up if you wanted to. So I found myself in that particular predicament. Um, but then on the flip side of that was this overwhelming amount of, um, of, um, I guess support from multiple different very famous musicians, um, filmmakers, fashion designers, who I looked up to for a really long time. And I think and believe it's because once you reach a certain point of um, spiritual development or enlightenment, they kind of secretly award you or reward you for that achievement. And I had been working on my spirituality for years, raising my kundalini, clearing out my pineal gland, cleaning up my diet, and so on. And uh, it was a secret kind of coded way that people would shout me out, I guess. Um, it was very, very, very uplifting on that side of things. So now it's kind of like anything creative I do is kind of put on a platform. I don't know if I'd call myself a social media influencer or an influencer, but certainly a lot of the projects that I work on are put on a platform and noticed. So I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, because if you think about it, if Walmart, for example, isn't a very famous and popular store, they really wouldn't get much business. So it's not that it's about, it's about ego or anything of that nature. It's really about, for me, the highlight would be, um, okay, great, I have all of this publicity, now I'm able to make money off of it. Um, now I have the ability to actually have a business and a personal brand. Um, if I had to pick one title for myself, I would say creative and musician. Um, recently I've been working on some music as Angelica Moody Winters. And I'm really, really finding enjoyment in these endeavors. 
um, the songwriting process I really love. Um, and I'd say I'm pretty decent at it. The reviews I've gotten back are reviews such as, you have a very unique voice, you have a lot of potential, um, so on and so forth. And it really does make me feel good because I know I'm a beginner, and I know in the beginning nothing is perfected. But I've been practicing a lot, and I do do a lot of practicing uh, as, as anytime I get some free time. I prefer to practice and record in private. Um, it just makes it a little bit easier rather than when others are around for someone like myself who is rather introverted. So um, I have that going on. And as much as I don't really want to talk about this, I feel like a vocalized diary would be the perfect place to talk about this. And I feel like if I don't, it's going to just sit inside and I'm never going to get over it. Um, I don't really actually have very many friends anymore, which makes me rather sad. Um, so I don't have many people to talk to about my emotions or things going on with me. Uh, the topic was my um, interest in life. I've seemed to have kind of lost it. And I am going to go ahead and say that it's because of the internet fame. Um, I really took a toll on my overall outlook of life with so many rumors being spread about me. And I just started to take on a very, very, very sad and negative outlook on life. Now, recently, I have come to the realization that if I don't pull myself out of this funk that I'm in, I don't know how the rest of my life will pan out because I keep having this overwhelming feeling of like my life is done with. There's no more to do. I used to have such a desire and like a hunger to be either a superstar, a rock star, a famous model or something along those lines. Um, but I've come to find also that a lot of those desires were kind of based in my trauma. I believe that as a child, when you don't receive enough attention from your parents, which I didn't, or positive reinforcement, you crave it. You would do anything for it, for acceptance from others. Um, and for a long time, I really did. I did stripping. I did go-go dancing. I did modeling. And at the end of the day, it was all essentially for acceptance and attention. Um, I feel big being able to actually admit that now. But I've done, like I said, a lot of spiritual healing since then. And I feel like I've healed a lot of those traumas. I now actually don't like attention quite as much. I'm more of a private person. Um, and I, I don't have as much of a desire to go out there and prove who I am in front of the world like I used to. And on one hand, it makes me really sad. Because I remember that drive. I would wake up in the morning and be excited to do my research into spirituality. I'd be excited to find different photographers to work with. I'd be excited to expand my horizons. And um, I'm trying to figure out ways that I can get that desire back. I haven't quite figured out just how just yet, but I think stopping my medication and allowing it time to get out of my system is a good first step, just because it dampened my mood so much 
that it could possibly be the main culprit for my loss of interest in life. <laughs> um, I don't mean to sound so down, but this is just a very honest reflection of my current state and mood. Um, some other things that I've considered are getting out of my hometown, which I am still living in. Um, I've got out before. I've lived in California. I've lived in Las Vegas. I've lived in Miami. I've lived in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I spent some time in Carolina. So I've been out of this town that I'm in before, but I think it might just be time to do that again. Um, now that I get my social security, I feel like I will be a lot more stable on my own if I do move to a new city. And the two that I'm looking at are Miami and California. Miami has lots of options as far as music goes. They host Miami Music Week. There is an abundance of opportunity as far as modeling goes. There are so many photographers and opportunities for jobs everywhere you look. It's just needing that motivation to seek those jobs out. And I'm looking for that restart in life. Um, I've also considered drinking ayahuasca again, which is a plant medicine that is based out of the Amazon jungle. And it really kind of resets people mentally. Um, and I think it might just be the answer for me. Um, what I'm going to do for the next few days is really think a lot about the move and um, make a decision. My roommate that I'm currently living in wants us out, and so it's kind of the perfect opportunity to take a leap towards something that will make me happier. The alternative option is for me to sit in my RV. <laughs> And as much as I enjoyed that beforehand, sitting in an RV park in a boring city really makes you feel like you have already chosen your death sentence and you are in your coffin just sitting there kind of waiting. And I don't really feel like going through that. So I will make another podcast um, within the next few days and just update you on what I feel like I've came up with as far as the move goes. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this diary entry and hope to hear from you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.